Hello, everybody. This is Jonathan Grissom of More Bangs Media and the Local Earshot Podcast. Uh, this is the Halloween special episode, and uh, today I have on. I'm Cannon Lee. Thanks for Cannon having me. Cannon Lee. Um, and then Wilson's in the house. Yep. Back How you again. Doing? Yeah. Back so. at it. All right. Um, okay. So, so just uh, starting out, um, kind of, uh, you know, kind of like how we, um, how I actually know you um, is, uh, is that we're both students over at the ACM uh, college and we're in like a sound class together. So we had to do like, what was it like um, <laughs> messing with soundboard yesterday? That was, uh, that was interesting. Um, yeah. And so, uh, so that's kind of how I know you. Um, yeah. yeah so, so kind of, uh, kind of go over like, uh, who you are and and um and how you got into music and then like um what kind of led you up to this point um so i write a lot of music mainly that's kind of what i consider myself as a songwriter um i but i do play guitar and i sing and i play in a band um been playing with these guys for a few years I uh, try to keep a couple of different musicians in my pocket, like a couple of different drummers, a couple of different bass players, just um, for different things. But I got started in music when I was about 16. My little brother asked my dad to bring his drum kit to the house out of storage. And nice. so he brought that over and I got really into the drums. And my little brother didn't end up really playing them a whole lot, but I did. And I had a buddy that played guitar, and we jammed a lot. And then eventually, I like wanted to start learning guitar, so he taught me a few little riffs. And I just kind of took off from there, and immediately started writing songs, and kind of figured out that I sort of had a voice. And just for for whatever reason, it just came pretty naturally to me to to just like sing and play guitar and like write melodies and lyrics and stuff. And then yeah, I've been doing it ever since. So about 17 18 years 17 18 years that's a long yeah. time how many uh like um like uh bands have you played with and stuff i might have to grab my cat <laughs> <laughs> i thought she'd be all right but she's she's trying to get up into everything she's curious yeah she's like who is this and whose shoes are these yeah but um yeah so uh jesus christ um it yeah it won't get on the recording that's the weird thing if you hear that oh yeah the weed eater yeah yeah it won't get on the recording um because we we uh we, we i know in our old studio we used to have planes fly over all the time and uh, yeah. we'd hear them and then like we'd be like god son of a bitch and then we'd go to listen to it and it wouldn't even be there yeah so i don't know i don't know how that even works like why it doesn't get on there or not if it was know. a condenser mic i feel like it would oh oh yeah yeah like back whenever we used to record with condensers like um that's that's why that's why I swear by dynamics because like um whenever I used to use condensers I'd get like the whole room sound and mm-hmm. I and like I mean literally it would just be like just, just, like you would hear the TV 
of like the guy that I would do the show with, his wife would be watching TV inside the other room, and we literally would hear it on the recordings. And so like the first like 20 episodes or something like that, like we could hear stuff like that in the background, and I had to like do like these little sound tricks to try to pull that sound out, yeah. and that was a pain in the ass. But um, okay, so where where do you primarily play? Like, um, uh, I play at different venues. Just I played at uh, just various places in Norman. I play for like different events a lot of times. Like uh, there's the Norman Twilight Market that happens, um, and that's a really cool event. And they have a lot of different vendors that you know they showcase their products, and mm-hmm. it's just like a really cool community that brings Norman together and. Um, they always have food trucks. There's several thousand people out there every month, and I've been uh, lucky enough to to get acquainted. That's with the them. Uh, was it? That's a monthly. What they almost call it like a swap meet over there by the fairgrounds. Um, it's it no. It's actually at the new Cle- uh, Cleveland County um, Wellness Square, that green building over by the train tracks, right by the courthouse. Oh, okay, okay. And uh, yeah, that's a really cool thing in Norman. And um, they've had me on quite a few times. And I play for, like, the Norman Music Festival. I've been playing for that for a long time. Did you uh, just submit this year? You're going to go do it this year? Um, I haven't submitted yet. I still have some time. I think it's, like, November. November Yeah, 20th 12th? or something 20th. like that. Yeah, it's it's coming up. So uh, it's on my to-do list. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I need, to, I need to submit for media because, like, every year um, uh, for, like, the last, like, two years, like, we've been doing media for it and going oh, out nice. there and just taking photos and everything of all the different artists yeah. and, and just meeting with them and, and all that and then just doing a lot of, like, just filming and recording and all that kind of stuff. That's what's up. Um, yeah, uh, it's, it, it kind of stuck. I took, like, I think because I totally I, – I lumped it and I, I had, like, recordings. I had, like, shit, like – hours of just recordings and then i had like thousands of photos and and i i just i never i uploaded some stuff to online but i did not upload even like close to what i had on my my computer and so i mean i just have all these like i've all and i'm I'm really bad about that i i go to events and i i like take pictures and videos and stuff and then i'll end up never uploading at all Right, and, and that's the problem that I have with content. And I so, totally feel and that, I, but I feel like there's a small percentage of stuff that you actually want to like. You know, if you take a hundred photos, ten of them are going to be good. At least that's mm-hmm. been my outcome. Maybe I'm not super photogenic, but <laughs> yeah. But I don't know, like, because I know Wilson knows a lot about this stuff, like for the film and stuff. But like, why why do photographers and film people just like run across the stage, just click, 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 all fast and shit, and like, and knowing that. 90% of what they just took is not going to be used. It's because 10% is Well, it's, it helps having, like, plenty of things to work from. Because in any given situation, just like... Like, if you're in a recording studio, right? And you can have the ability to choose from, like, any instrument to play from. It gives you options. And that's what everybody looks for in both photography and recording video is options. That's why they have, like, three cameras set up. And you've got, like, the wide-angle camera here. And then you've got one on like the lead singer and then the other is like the guy that walks around on stage carrying the camcorder and he's getting like up close to the drummer to the bass player is because you want coverage of everything because if you just relied on one particular stream it's only getting that and if anything happens to that you're messed up you know Mm -hmm. it's part of it so like photographers 
like a wedding photographer will get like 30,000 fucking photos for some reason. But you realize that they're capturing like every kind of moment that you can think of because it's only going to happen the one time. Mm-hmm. And I think that if people looked at live shows a lot like that, like you're only getting to do it this one time. So you might as well do it as best you can. Yeah. Then it makes up for it. As far as like having all the content later and going through it and uploading it. That's why so many people hire their own social media people now, because it's, it's a lot to do. It's a whole ass job. It's not like, you know, and it's, I do encourage everybody to still do it. Like have an Instagram account, like either of you or of your band and upload the photos regularly and have somebody giving you footage on the back end and uploading that to you later. Um, or have people like take recordings from Snapchat and send it to you, then you can upload that same video into Instagram as well if you wanted to. But realistically, it's just coverage. That's what it all is. It's just coverage. They've got like a minimum of like 25 cameras at the Macy's Day Parade, you know, because it's like a whole street, you know, it's they they have to record from every angle. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of different floats and a lot of live performances. And they have all that on standby. And it's crazy because they have one guy sitting at the switchboard and the switchboard's like the size of this fucking couch. And all he has to do is press a button and it takes you to a completely different place. So it's cool having different options and different things to go through. Because the one thing that people hate is not having anything. I've been to weddings and I didn't get any photos. And, you know, it's like missing out in the moment kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I the reason why I even thought of that was because like um, I was at a show at Grand Royale. Mm-hmm. And this guy... Like Oklahoma hardcore uh, type people, uh, like uh, it's like the more heavier, like um, death metal type stuff. Cool, this yeah. guy, this guy had a camera, and apparently, like he grabs it and he just go like he he grabs it and he slides it in front of the artist, and he just like right up on him, and he just like moves the camera real quick, and he takes a picture, and the and I guess it was explained to me because I was like I was like why would he even do that you know like that's stupid like like if you're gonna take a photo like like we know jd scott um photographer here in oklahoma does a lot of concert photography he's very intricate in how he takes photos like he really times them he walks up he gets his perfect view he takes his pictures but this guy like was just running up on him and going like this with the phone camera real quick and just moving it and and my buddy um he said he said that the reason why he's doing that is because Apparently in that scene, they like to see all the lights around them in movement. So the photos aren't perfect. They're yeah. not meant to be perfect. Right. They're meant to be hardcore. It's part of and the so, art. Yeah, yeah, it's part of the art of whatever that is. And so mm-hmm. I was like, it's like I don't understand why somebody would, you know, there. But then like I, but then like photographers like JD or Mary Ellis, like they, they, they really do like – they they do all the photos at like you know the diamond ballroom and they're doing like these real intricate photos where they're getting like them into the scene mm-hmm. of what they're doing and so they'll catch the artist at that moment when no one else is seeing it but they're seeing that moment that is going to probably end up in like a magazine or something like that like they're seeing that you know yeah and so a lot of times those photos are used for like their online their online persona stuff like that um, cause I, I did notice that about you that like you had a lot of, um, images that you had like by the truck and things like that. So, um, d- like what, what genre do you classify yourself as and like where, like what, what styles of music do you draw from whenever you're creating? That's a good question. I actually, um, I know I'm not supposed to do this or be this or whatever you want to call it, but I have many genres that I like to explore. And 
it works for me. And I think that the different songs that I have are still powerful enough, strong enough, hooky enough, whatever you want to call it, that it's not like I'm just like trying hard to be this and then trying hard to be that. It's just like I'm doing what comes natural in that domain. So like I have like the song that I just released that's almost country, but I don't really sing super country. There's a little bit of draw in my voice like that comes out naturally at a couple points in the song, but it's not really, it's just very on the verge of country. But what I like to call it is like I, I write rock music rock slash pop music with flavors of other things like a flavor of country in that circumstance or a lot of my stuff has like a blues influence to it um and some of my stuff is just more uh rock based you know i have a song that is very um like almost emo hardcore kind of sounding it Uh just it was just something that i was just i was just trying to follow i I like to just follow something where it wants to go and so if something wants to go in this direction i'm not just gonna like try to like tame it and like keep it in a box of like okay this is my style and this is my genre and that's part of the reason why i want to be a producer as well because i kind of understand the big picture and i hear like rick rubin talk a lot about the way that i um conceptualize music and and materialized music is really similar to the way I, when I hear him talk on podcasts, I'm like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh And so I think, um, for that reason, it would make me a good producer. And that's why I want to help other people as well. Producer music. Cause I kind of just see the big picture of, of how, you know, what good art is. And and it's, and it's, it's totally different. It varies. You know, everybody has different tastes, but at the end of the day, you want to do what excites you and what is fun for you. And if it's exciting for me to like mess around with this genre and just kind of take it, like see where it wants to go, but, you know, a good song writes itself, I believe. And like sometimes you just wake up and you're just like singing a song. Like I have this song called I'm a Record and it's on Spotify or wherever. But I literally woke up and I just started singing the lyrics and the melody all at the same time. And then I kind of went downstairs and like, like, put the guitar to uh. it but like songs they just like kind of manifest whenever in like opportunities in your life like different times in your life and you're just kind of harnessing something so uh, a very long-winded explanation of like i have different genres that i like to delve into but it's all very soulful is i think the the kind of the key word because my voice is very open and from the diaphragm and soulful with a little bit of grit um you do you do have a uh um, what do you call it? Like a, a distinctive voice whenever yeah. you're singing. Like I, 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 I noticed that because like, um, when, whenever like we're in class and stuff, like we, like basically what our teacher does is kind of cool. Um, he, he makes us set up the equipment, right? Um, some, something that my, one of my old, my old computer teachers used to do, uh, he makes us set up the equipment and then, and then he says, Hey, Let's have some fun, you know, and then he just tells everybody just randomly grab equipment, you know, just to grab gear and stuff and just start playing. And and sometimes it, it, it's pretty interesting because you'll get yeah. people up there that definitely 
don't know much about the instruments right. and then you get someone that actually knows about the instruments so i'm sitting there like listening to you play and stuff and, and you're sitting there playing blues guitar and stuff and and i'm like okay this person actually knows how to play you know play the instrument and and then and then uh then whenever um whenever you actually like did that first like little performance and stuff uh, i was like we, we, we were all like damn like you you can you can sing like you 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 can send your voice across that room like it filled the room you know which is which is great you Thank know because like not not every everybody can do that like they, yeah. not everybody has that they sometimes they have to turn up the mics on people because they don't mm. sing loud enough you know yeah. but it's like it's it's almost like like you 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 kind of notice the sound of the room that you're in and then you're just mm. like okay this is what I have to do at this vocal level yeah. and stuff. Unleash, but, unleash the beast, man. You just got to let it out. Yeah. And just you know? sing, just sing from your heart, you yeah. know, your soul. And I mean, and, and like that, that's one thing I do. I do enjoy about going to school there. Like I, like I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to go next semester because I, I run out of GI bills. So, you know, like that's kind of a, a problem when it uh-huh. comes to the military money that I'm getting. Yeah. Like it becomes a problem to be able to go back to school there. Um, but yeah. because the, I, I'll end up going, but then I'll end up on academic probation cause I won't pay my tuition for like three grand of it or something because I mm. only get 3000 from the, from the government. So, yeah. um, but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, we can, we can probably play one of your songs now. Um, sure. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to trying to get in the groove of like what questions to ask right now because um because yeah. I, I haven't done an interview in like over a month so I'm kind of kind of rocky right now totally all good but um I actually I actually kind of wanted to rewind a, a bit I, I wanted to touch on what what we were talking about before I think this is an interesting point of like the content the amount that you that you get versus the amount that you share mm-hmm. and I think that a lot of people a lot of uh, you know, people that want to write songs or, or play an instrument or, or do anything. Maybe it's take pictures or, you know, paint or any kind of art or, or really any endeavor in life. It's like, you're going to fail. And I mean, I know this is a common thing that we hear all the time, like Will Smith and, Uh you know, like there's that quote that he had and just like, uh, maybe he's a bad example to use now because he had, he made a mistake, but um, no, that shit's. I, I like. I'm like not even. I, I'm not even like really following it at this point like, because like it threw me off that she said that she had never that he, that you never knew him. At some point, we're just going to realize that that Will Smith was just a simulation and that he was never real in the first place. Yeah, you know, like like that's where it's headed because like they are mm-hmm. becoming weirder and weirder on how they explain how they don't even know each other. Okay, <laughs> like, like, who, just, who doesn't know each other? <laughs> Will Smith and his ex, like oh, Jada. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, the way that they the way that she talks in interviews, she basically said that she that she's never met will smith oh my like God. at one point and it's like she what are you means talking like about? that's got to be a slap in the face man honestly. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Really? the like, fact that you were at an event where uh, where a dude got <laughs> where where a fucking comic got smacked in the face yeah. and then they have the nerve to say that, that she doesn't even know you or that she never even met you bro the whole okay uh, the whole situation is toxic okay everything about their family seems pretty fucking toxic really and i don't mean like because they started saying a lot of shit right after the Oscars and they had all their tweets deleted afterwards because they're like, no, this is just going to stir the pot, whatever. It's just like – and I see this – okay. I see this a lot with uh, performers too and talking about like content, the amount that you create. I've come to the realization now it doesn't matter how much content you make if you're not actually marketing it either. Like you can create yeah. as many yeah. like, small videos like for what we do here, but if you're not – 
going to boost it for like 50 bucks a month or like actually prop put it through the proper channels to get it recognized mm-hmm. then people don't really see it uh-huh. yeah. so and that works a lot with the other al- algorithms too like with youtube it's like if you post this a video every thursday at noon same time every time you have a more likely chance to see it firsthand on the feed that comes up with everybody else whenever they log on so it's it's tricky like that and it's there's a really toxic relationship when it comes to the amount of content that's being made versus what's actually being seen and what's considered useful. And a lot of it is like with podcasts too. I mean, after COVID, you know, and around the time that we started this, a lot of everybody and their dog started a podcast, Uh but not many of them actually like stick to it and, you know, record every week. Yeah. So a lot of people give up and then, you know, that's just kind of like how the market fluctuates too. But I think like, it's even more important in songwriting to get like the materials that you have to the people that need it most. Mm. Uh, we were talking with Gentry Counts here on the show a couple of, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago, yeah? It was a, a while little, back. That's what I was saying. Was I haven't done back. an interview in over a month. Right. That's so, what I was saying is that like I, I like fell off the wagon for a little bit because I like literally did not yeah. do anything. And yeah, then, But I, I was doing other content. I was, uh, I was um, po- posting – Things online and things like that. I was telling people that I'm, I'm, you know, building the playlist for the Halloween episode that, which is yeah. which I'm gonna play after this episode, and uh, and I mean, like, it. The, the problem is, I think, uh, when it comes to content creation, and and this is something that I run into all the time, is what platforms are the best to do, and what and what kind of content is best to put out. Yeah. And then, and then you have like situations like, like, um, like even even last night or the other night, uh, one of our teachers, uh, uh, Chad, um, that does like booking and stuff. I don't know if you've had him, um, uh, but uh, Chad Whitehead. Yeah. Uh, so like, um, he does the booking at um, Beer City Music Hall, hmm. and they had a. And I actually watched this documentary. It's a really good documentary to watch. It's called Dig. Um, it's about the um, Jamestown Massacre band. Um, apparently they've been around since like the nineties or late eighties mm. and the lead singer is known for being a dick. Like, like you watch the documentary and you go, Oh, so this guy's just an asshole. Mm. Didn't even know who this band was yet. Apparently they're, they're pretty popular inside the underground, um, punk, um, and like, and like certain rock scenes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They're, they're popular in the underground. And, and so like, um, la- the other night, uh, he was, he was at their, their, their venue and he was on stage and some, some person was hackling him. He was mad about the sound. He basically said like, F your sound guy, like, like he was yelling at their sound guy. And yeah. then and apparently the sound guy is one of the best in Oklahoma. So it's like, mm. it's like, the fuck you think you are. Yeah. And then he, and then he started yelling at his drummer. And his band telling him they're all worthless and, and stuff that he could do this all on his own. And they're not producing the sound that he created, which mm. is something that in the documentary they talk about a lot apparently. Yeah. So this guy, this guy's so absorbed with with his own like personality that he believes that the music should sound exactly how he wrote it. If it doesn't, it's not good enough. Right, and he will cuss out people. Apparently, he's made rape jokes during shows about raping women in the audience, like before in like Texas. Well, his line from last night that basically made them go, "You can load out your own damn equipment and get the fuck out of our venue," was because he said, 
Um, he said to somebody in the audience, said some shit to him and said, what, you want to go? Because apparently, according to the documentary, people in the audience try to start fights with this guy all the time because he intentionally starts fights with the fans, with the people in the audience. So they go to the show just to see if he'll break down and, and destroy the show. <laughs> and they'll literally destroy like instruments and all sorts of stuff. So it's uh, almost like watching like the who destroy instruments, you know, like, yeah. and, and so like he, he, he's just this person that there's just intentionally like, there's this drama filled so, thing that why people go there. That's the quirk, huh? Yeah, that's his quirk, apparently. And, uh, and, 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 and apparently when they booked him, I don't know if they knew that they knew that that was his quirk. But there's literally a documentary on it that you can watch on yeah. on uh, on YouTube called Dig that okay. uh, that literally shows the whole time. And there's another band called uh, um, uh, what do you call it? Oh, damn, I forgot the other name of the other band. But this other band that they used to play with, they um, they they left that band. They became part of Capital, and then and then uh, Massacre became on Capital Records, and and Capital was like trying to basically get rid of them all the time. Like, but they, but he was making money and he was producing records, and so they didn't, they didn't really go after him like they should have. And uh, but, but last night or, or night before, he said to somebody in the audience, he said, he said, like, I'll come down there and I'll and I'll blow you up like the Murr Federal Building. Oh, and if you're an Oklahoman from that era, wow. you, there's literally death threats going that like being sent to him online now yeah. that are saying like you ever step foot in Oklahoma again, we're going to fucking kill you. Yeah. Like and these people are that pissed about that statement and it's like but then but then if you watch the documentary and then you you hear about it afterwards cuz I didn't know about the, the documentary until after I got home because my my um housemate uh, which, um, which I guess you know from the past, but like uh, Jamie, you know, Jamie Hanna, um, but like she, uh, she said that that like there's a documentary online, and I was like, okay, and I watched it last night, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, this all makes sense now. The dude, the dude just says things during shows to rile up the audience and piss everybody off, and he likes to bash cities and and like to say really so, fucked up shit. I don't think that's a stick. Like I like I, I don't think that that's no, proper it's content. No, it's not. It's not a. There. It's not a positive stick. I mean, it it might be a stick, but it's not a good one. And here's the thing: is like no matter what you're trying to accomplish in life, whether it's music or whatever career you're, you know, you're trying to pursue and be successful in. This is why it's so important to focus on your mental health and to understand brain chemistry. And we have people like Andrew Huberman and different people, and we have the internet that we can we can figure out how to navigate life in a more positive way using what we understand about brain chemicals. But what he's done is he's um, he's a fixated on he, he he gets his you know dopamine and his. Uh, you know, different, you know, norep and all these different chemicals from um, get he gets in in a, in a way. Let's just say it simply: he gets a delight out of pissing people off. Yeah. is what it, what it comes down to. And mm-hmm. and and through that, he's just he's created a loop for himself that keeps him wanting to do that so that he can continue to get his fix. Because in life, I mean, whether you're addicted to drugs or not. I mean, it's 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 very similar, rather, to being addicted to drama. You can be addicted to drama. You can be addicted to having a good interaction or having positive things. And you know, you can achieve success through, re- hey, like I released a song and and I and it it feels good. And uh, now you know, 
being uh having a good time through the whole process of creating a song and like really enjoying each little thing and wanting to improve it and giving yourself those little small wins throughout the way will help affixate your dopamine system to continue on that cycle so there's different ways to use the brain and the chemicals uh to like you know navigate life if you will but some people they don't control it it controls them uh-huh. and it sounds like that's kind of where he's at but what i was getting at with like the like the content like making so much content is like you have to continue to do that and 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 it's like yes inspiration will come but only when you put in the work uh-huh. like you have to show up every day like it's it's this common uh misconception that like oh you know only and i used to kind of think this way is like only you know good songs will come to me and i would and i would write good songs but like i didn't do as much as as much as i could be and i didn't uh you know release as much as i could be and everything else but i've started to like actually kind of force myself into that like okay today i'm gonna show up and if whether or not i get i strike gold i'm gonna do it again tomorrow and i'm and eventually i know i'll strike gold and i'll strike more gold than if i just am walking through the river and just oh there's some gold you know like it doesn't work that way but like a lot of a lot of people you know don't realize that you're 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 gonna make you're gonna fail you're gonna you're not you know 10% 10% of what you do maybe is going to be super awesome. But recognizing that 10% and like Wilson said is actually taking that, solidifying it and sticking with it and tell it and seeing it through to the end and then promoting it and doing what you, you know, cause if nobody hears it, I mean, it, it's important to do it for yourself, but like, what are you, I mean, we would all like to be successful in whatever thing we enjoy doing. Right. So at that point it's time to, Share it with other people who could maybe get some value out of it. Uh-huh. And and if you're not doing that process, then you might as well, you know, it's a hobby for you. It's right, not it's right. not it's not a career. It's not something you you know that's a profession to you. And right. that's fine too, but Yeah. Well and no, I think I fully it's understand a, that. It's a bigger thing in life too. Like it's um I think all the time about like this there's like this one little motivational quote or whatever from this coach talking about like here's what you should know about winning before you pursue it it doesn't care about you it doesn't care about like how much sleep you get it doesn't care about how hard you try and you know it can plant fear and doubt in your mind and everything can always seem like it's against you but the only real choice is like why would you chase this thing called winning it's because the only other option to that is losing you know so you have to keep failing at things and you have to keep doing things over and over again and like i think it's crazy and it's unfair in life that you can dedicate all of your time to something and it still not work out mm-hmm. whether it's a career or a marriage or you know uh anything yeah. and you won't find success with, but it's also because it's not promised to anybody that we have a lot of freedom in that too because that means yeah. that we could always find something else we have these different choices yeah. we have a full life to where we can choose to embark on so many different things Mm -hmm. and that's what keeps us from being limited as well so it's like would you rather choose to only do one thing for the rest of your life and be successful with that or would you rather have the option to do anything in life and maybe be successful with anything Mm. and i think a lot of people don't really think about it that way and that's the way it comes down to like content and other things too yeah we also find our strong suits like i've known guys who you know, couldn't play guitar to save their life, but then they pick up the drums and it's like nothing to them. Yeah. You know, 
And every guitar player that I've ever admired didn't even want to be a guitar player. They wanted to be a drummer first. Right. You know? Yeah. And then they found out that it wasn't really their thing. And because they wanted to do like you're doing and incorporate, you know, their vocals and learn how to like write songs as well. Mm. But if you don't know how to make beats, you're really handicapping yourself. And it's another thing that I really admire that you guys do in like the whole music production side of things is because there's not as many producers as y'all think there is. Like people that actually get on the computer and know all the technical stuff. And like people get around, get on there and fool around with it sometimes. Sure. But you know, not everybody knows like everything about Logic Pro. Not everybody knows everything about like the post side of things when it comes to actually producing music. And there's a lot, it's a lot, it's really in depth. And so like what what I see now is people doing recording and what I'm wanting to do with my friend Gentry is she just wants to record the acoustic and the vocals and then hand it off to a producer online. Like if you go on Fiverr, you pay somebody like mm-hmm. $500, they can add all the different tracks and make it seem super seamless. Yeah. If you record one where you're like singing and playing at the same time and then sing one where it, send one where it's just your voice and one where it's just the guitar track as clean as you can get it, then that gives them a lot of leeway as far as mm-hmm. what they can put together for you. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest problem in any industry is not knowing how to like delegate things properly. Yeah. But it's also hard to do that when you don't have the money to do mm-hmm. like you doing everything here for local earshot. Like you provided all this man and you've done like a outstanding job putting all this together. I don't know of any of my friends that still actually do a podcast every week, you know? So it's cool that like some people are able to kind of like really bring it all together and then bring other people in to actually sit down and record things too. Cause not everybody really does that. And this isn't just like a form of like advertising for just anybody. This is people that actually care about what's happening locally and what people want need to see happening in the music scene. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah sorry. My cat just like tried to destroy everything. So <laughs> uh, I saw that. <laughs> she, yeah, That's she true. like jumped on stuff and I don't know I don't know what got recorded and stuff. So it's like recording. Uh, but uh, anyway, but I'll, I'll be able to fix it in post. But um yeah. but yeah. I was trying to listen to everything you guys were saying, and I was like, "Shit!" No, you're like, good. Uh, yeah, it's just like, that. yeah, in a moment. But I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think a, a big part of that too is like what you're talking about. Like everybody, so everybody tries to do everything themselves, right? Right. And, and, and a big issue with that in in content creation and all that kind of stuff too that people run into, in, in the music industry in general, is like they'll say like things like, "Oh, well, I don't need a manager," or "I don't, I don't need." I don't need a photographer. I don't need an attorney. You yeah. know, I don't need these things. And then they get fucked. Oh yeah, over and right. over again. And then they go, they go. Well, the music industry is just corrupt and all this mm-hmm. shit. And it's like, it's like, no. There's like, there's literally about ten to fifteen career fields that you're trying to do all yourself. And if you are trying to do all that work yourself, you're not actually going out and and like and and actually trying to be that Mm -hmm. because if you were then you would actually like be trying to seek out those individuals and learn Mm -hmm. from them and and learn how they can help you because i I, i've seen many artists inside the groups and stuff that i run and all this kind of stuff online that they like somebody will say hey i'm an artist manager um i have you know 15 years experience in it um i'm looking for some artists to to like sign on to actually help and stuff like that my my fees are like 15 percent 15 percent is standard yeah industry standard right. but it's also not that bad compared to 20 percent. and if you're artists like some of the bands that i've worked with 15 percent on a show that they got paid 30 bucks 
what do you fucking do? I made three dollars. I'm rich, you know. Right. Like, like it's not like that's the thing. Going into it in that in in that career field as a manager, that thing people think that you're just going to go around ripping people off. Literally, you're not making much as like they're not making much, and in today's society and and the record label stuff. You're not. I mean, you're not making money on sales on records and anymore. That it's five thousand plays to even equal to a good amount of mo- like even a right. small portion of money on like Spotify. Like you yeah. have, to have a lot of plays, and so I mean, and and so like they say, okay, well, how do you get that out there, right? And and I mean, you can you could take a song like what you're talking about, and you can make a video on TikTok, and and with that same that same release, the same time you release it, no matter how you put it together. You can make a video on TikTok, release that same song, and you could blow up possibly. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. you could get on Facebook and say to your four, you know, eight thousand friends, whatever it is that you're at, what a level following that you have on there, and you could say, "Hey, I have this new song." But then Facebook does exactly what you were talking about, where you got to spend money. They want mm-hmm. boosting. They yeah. want they want you to pay, pay to play. Mm-hmm. They want you to, people to see it. You have to pay it. So yeah. like you have to pay the piper, and and if you don't do that, then then they're never going to see it, and then you're just going to be sent back there going, well, no one likes my song, right? And it's in real truth, it's not that they didn't like your song; it's the fact that they never got to see it, exactly. And and, yeah. and that's the problem is that that's where that's where that constant content creation mm-hmm. of of there. I was actually reading an old post that I wrote um, um, whenever um, whenever our show almost fell apart, and and um, and in it. I put down that, you know, like that being online is like, is like that, that world is constant creation. Mm, you have definitely. to constantly create. And that's why, that's why people see me like, you guys can keep on talking. Well, that's one awesome. thing that I wanted to tap on, I think it's really awesome with you as far as like songwriting, because that's something that I've been wanting to like kind of dive into myself. Um, I'm actually writing a book on poetry. No. Um, and I'm trying to make it like 300 pages for some reason. Well, which is not like realistic. But I'm thinking like if you if I have 300 pages, that can be whittled down to whichever one because each exactly. poem, each poem is like on one eight eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper. So it's like one whole page. Mm-hmm. But it's like a letter. It's not like a full on story or anything like that. And it's not really short poems either. It's they're two to three paragraphs each. Yeah, for each one, and a lot of the writing that I've come to find is just for therapeutic purposes only. I never really thought about like releasing something. Yeah. But then I've come to find out that a lot of the poems that I've written about for some people aren't really in my life anymore. So Mm -hmm. I figured like, I'm just going to go ahead and write as much as I can and then just share it with whoever and go through the proper channels as far as getting it published and stuff like that too. Yeah. Because it's not going to hurt anything. It, the hardest thing though just like in that and the same with releasing a music, it's really awesome that we can uh, create so much stuff and put anything on Spotify now versus like having to go through a record label only. Yeah. Like, I don't know how much y'all have that heard works. about like Warner brothers and how much they've ripped people off. Right. Years, but it's a lot of people look crazy. at our current, you know, state of things in a pessimistic fashion, but I really try to, to overlook that and just realize that we have so much opportunity now. And, yeah, it's I mean there's a lot that's out there, but if you do go through the process of like trying to figure out what you're good at and you do find it, then you have just as good a chance as ever to like let that be seen. And 
Um, you know, going back to kind of what you're saying though, with like social media, like I think it's just important to just like plug away, like what you're saying. Um, but you know, you don't always have to boost. I mean, it, it's good if you can, if you I, have, I if you have the money to, and eventually, you know, boost the things that are important, but build a foundation first. So that way, when you boost something, you know, people have somewhere to go and you, you know, they, they look at your page and they say, okay, I want to be a part of this. I, he's doing something, you know? Right. So that's kind of where I'm at right now is just like really trying to build that up. Cause I haven't been the best at, at posting, but I've gotten better over the last year or so. And just like trying to like build a, a place that people can go and say, Oh, I like this. I like this. I like this. Okay. Follow, you know, versus mm-hmm. like having just like some kind of amateur stuff or something that's just like not even based on what you're doing. Maybe you're a musician, but half of it's about your cat and it's like, nobody cares now when they see that you release this song or this video and they go and it's all about your cat. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, you got to build that, um, foundation. And this isn't stuff that I'm coming up with. This is just all all the research that I've done and figured out. Uh, I like like the Burstamo music mm-hmm. podcast and like Damien Keys is really good if you know who those people are. Mm-hmm. I know Damien but, um And that's cool. I didn't even know that you guys had um, Gentry Council. I'll have to go and listen to that yeah. episode. Yeah. Um, was it Gentry, um, Megan Marlene? Um, was it a, a Nikki Jackson? Um, okay. Uh, Scott, uh, Scott Dammit, which sang the song on the intro. Um, th- th- those all, th- those all people are pretty active in the, in the, um, the like open mic scene. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. Like a nice. lot of them are in, in that scene. I'm actually going to get um, out and do some more open mics. I've been deciding over the last like week, I'm going to get back out and do it. I did like 10 open mics in in 10 days, like mm-hmm. a few months back, but, um, I'm going to get back out and start doing some more of those. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's fun. I actually like going to open mics um, just to sit down and just hear new new artists. And, it is fun, And kind of yeah. see, see what they're writing and kind of the style here. Because, you know, you know, places like um, like uh, Nashville and all that kind of stuff, it's pretty common like every night that there's always something like that going on. Um, whereas, whereas a lot of those writers that actually are in Nashville, they actually come from Oklahoma. And they just leave here because they, they feel like that – they're not making any headway out here and 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 i and i I, in a way kind of think that that's kind of sad because like i mean it is like like people people try to do this dance where they they say that there's a scene here and there's not a scene here Mm -hmm. and and i mean and i and i mean i like i had a thing where i said lack thereof and somebody tried to correct me on it and it's like well you know the way i look at it is is that when i was in colorado I lived there for five years, and I was I was ingrained in the EDM scene. I also worked at Live Nation, so while I was there, I was in venues all the time. I was I was literally managing and like like with other team members events, and yeah. like and I started out as like a event person, worked myself up into like a little bit mid level, and then the next level up for me was like the venue manager. You know, and like, and like, and then our my my boss, which was like this um this uh this woman that's like, uh, freaking amazing. You know, at doing her job, she manages like, like um the Pepsi Center and like all the major venues across Denver now, and nice. and it's because they went all in house at Live Nation. Mm-hmm. But when I was there, I had a I had a buddy that did a lot of photography stuff, and he worked for a company called uh or a group. It was called Got Bass Music, and so we'd go to a lot of shows. And on a Tuesday night, 
you could go down to Denver and you could go in a room and you would see a hundred people in that room. Yeah. You go into a room here in Oklahoma City and that capacity and you will see three. You will see yeah. three people in that night. On the weekend, it's, you'll see that place packed, but on during the week you will you will see like one or two people, you know, three, four people in a night. Um, like a lot of the artists will say that, oh well, you know, nobody's coming to our show. It's on a Tuesday night. In Oklahoma. In Oklahoma. Yeah. Right. And it's like it, it's like, well, yeah, because like it's during the week and people out here, a lot of them are doing different types of jobs, oil rig, things like that. Like they, they do certain types of jobs out here that like that I don't think that they got the time to even other than the weekend to be able to go out to shows. Yeah. But it's like but I mean, but to say that there there is no scene, I say that there's a scene here. It's just it's not it's so branched out like yeah. like 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 i mean there's stuff going on in norman every night but yeah. i don't want to have to drive 45 minutes to norman every single night or every weekend to be able to catch a show and so like i i try to follow certain venues here that do stuff most of the week so mm-hmm. i can get out and just go to some shows yeah. um but i mean but yeah like a, a big part of that too is is like we were talking about content creation and stuff is marketing in in in, in social media and it's like if you don't market your show, then there's a big possibility no one will show up. Yeah. Some places say, oh, well, that's the venue's job. Some of these artists have said this, and mm-hmm. I said, it's not. Yeah. That's, it's your job. Like, like you are the artist. You want people to come up for you. So it's not just them, right? They're part of it, but it's not just them. And then it's like – and then it's not just the – the you know the the promoters the venue all these people everybody needs to be promoting period and yet like that they they always like try to say that they put uh, another thing and then nobody shows up and then you have and then you have comments where people are saying things like online where it's so negative where they'll be like like well you know people really actually cared about my music they would show to my show and all this kind of stuff and it's like you'll go to their page and you won't see anything you won't see nothing marketing it. You won't see anything about nobody knew yeah. about it. They never ex- DM nobody, yeah. like you know. And then I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and they'll say that. Yeah. But then, but then you'll go. But then like you. Like, you'll get, what did you do? What did you do? Yeah, you, you can't have expectations without any, you know, without any actual work put into it. But yeah, speaking of promoting your shows, I I mentioned Norman Twilight Market. Mm-hmm. I am playing there uh, this November 25th. Okay. Awesome. Um, and so, yeah. I mean, you have any other shows coming up? Can come check that out. Um, not really. Okay. To be honest with you. Um, so, but, have, you're, but you're open though. I've been working so much more on just recording, producing songs, getting the band tight, and just content. And I've started to like make this mindset shift of like, okay, you know, you can go play a show, but like, what does that do for you if? If you're not um, like consistently doing that, and it's not like really important to you, like what are you like what are you building from that? Like I've played shows and then like not got no followers from it. Like and there was plenty of people at the show, you know. And, right. And so it's like, what are you building? Like, mm-hmm. are is it important to you? Like, and that's I mean, it, shows are great. I'm not saying I don't want right. to play shows. I'm just kind of taking a break as far as like. I want to focus on like having something for people to go to when I do go play shows. Right. Like, okay, if I play a show now, people can go see my social media and see that I'm doing stuff actively on there. They can go to Spotify and see that I have, you know, a lot of music and they can go. And I do have um, a merch store, Canon Lee mm-hmm. records on Etsy. 
um, dot com where people can buy merch and stuff. But like, you know, having all these um, things that people can go to whenever you 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 build something and then it just like you just tear it down after the night's over. Like, what's the point? You know. Right. So, um, I do want to play more shows, <clears throat> but I want to have a, a place for people to go whenever I do play those shows and to like continue to snowball that effect and like you know you're rolling the snowball down the hill and it continue to to accumulate followers and continue to you know because you're doing all the other things right um so i'm just trying to do all the other things right Mm -hmm. and kind of have you know something for people plus i mean you look at the you you have to follow trend like if you want to be successful in something you have to I, I say trends but I don't mean like be trendy and do like dancing videos on TikTok right, right, right. what I mean is like you like sh- we should be like putting our music into like some sort of digital content for people to consume and building that building our followers building our fan base in that way because now when we do go play a show because it, it's just like this is a revolving cycle like mm-hmm. i'm coming back around full circle here because it's like okay now that i have all of these followers all of this content now i go play a show and guess what people are going to show up there's going to be a lot of people mm-hmm. there and so it, it i'm i'm trying to like wrap my head around all this learn from all the people that understand yeah. all this and listen consume all these good podcasts and stuff and and gotcha. uh, figure all that stuff out and do it the right way and I think it's awesome. And I think they would be better, you know, like whenever you try to post a story or something on Instagram or Snapchat, it brings up like a list of different songs that you could use. It'd be cool if there was a way to incorporate that with like people locally or close to you. Like if you could pull up music that way from like local artists, mm-hmm. like especially the people that travel that do you like can, traveling vlogs. You can if they post their stuff if to post, Spotify. Right. Yeah. And a lot of them don't. Like, yeah. I, I love Gentry to death but she's only got the one album on there and she's got like 10 followers which yeah. is crazy to me because everybody and their dog i know knows gentry yeah which is kind of crazy yeah so, like there's there's something to be said for word of mouth don't get me wrong totally. especially like for but, a great live show but in this day and age like i'm really secretive i just post stupid shit on facebook it's not really like my gig to be out there and be noted yeah by anybody right. but versus like other people that i think like this and like gentry need to be known for mm. everything that they do and you yourself included I, I relate to gentry in that way though where i'm just like looking at my stuff i'm like everybody that i talk to says you got to keep doing this like music is your thing and i'm like you know what i that's why i'm doing it because i see that too and then it's like but you know people want to be able to like go consume more of your music and it's like i have like you know 50 original songs that are uh-huh. that are all like bangers in my opinion and that's because i've written thousands and solidified them and and found plucked the gold out and then but like i don't have all those like you said to like go and listen to and so that's kind of the empire that i'm trying to build right now that right. i'm talking about and i think like with the lightning in the bottle thing that you mentioned earlier the guy oliver anthony dude with the long red beard yeah. with the old stuff that's the only song he's ever written it's the only song that he's played and he only recorded the one video the one time and I think it sets a unrealistic standard for a lot of people thinking like that they're going to catch something. But it at the same few, time, like but there's a there's a few, right? But not a lot, yeah. Yeah, for what he that's his main one anyway. 
Right. But he doesn't have like nearly as much content as so many other people that I do know mm-hmm. that was able to like catch that and go on with it mm-hmm. because then other people start recommending it on their other platforms as well. Yeah. So it's, it's really crazy the way that like certain things catch on and then they take off. Yeah. And I think that that's where a lot of people really need to look at the technical side of things as well. Like Gentry said that she was interested as far as like producing music too. But, uh, I think that she just needs to have somebody that's more tech savvy that can do all that for her. Like if people would just delegate a little bit better, yeah. I think that there'd be a lot of, and actually follow through with what they say. The The hardest thing I've noticed in Oklahoma is that you find a lot of people that say like, Oh yeah, I can do this for you. And then they don't do it. Oh, you know? I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. And that's but... been like a big frustration with a lot of people. That's why they go to places like Memphis yeah. versus here. And I'm not saying that everybody's like that, but you just right. come across people that like, set false expectations for you big time and it's it's really unfortunate because a lot of those people are really talented and like i've i've wanted to work with people and they're really talented but they never follow through and it's like right man you're you know you're hurting yourself you're kind of you're 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 tripping me up a little bit like sitting right man you gotta you know if you want to if you want something you gotta you gotta follow through in life but what i will say is like with the delegating stuff like it is so so important to do that i agree um like find people that you can outsource um jobs to that relate to what you're doing and that they can do far better than you not just because they have more time but have more experience and more understanding around it but um at the same time like you if you don't have the funds if you don't you know, if you're not like at like, you know, 50,000 uh, followers, like good luck finding somebody, mm-hmm. you know, to like help you with those things. So having a basic understanding of those things and being able to put that hat on uh-huh. and like actually do that job for like a couple hours a day is super important. Like yep. to be the manager, the manager thing for me is like that's like what i'm like i really need to improve a lot more and like get better at continuing to reach out to people and booking shows and stuff um but like you know just knowing how to do those things and learning those things and then like with like the you know like content like i'm not the best content creator but i've learned how to edit videos and Mm -hmm. i'm starting to do more of it and um and they're coming out all right you know and it and it's just like doing those things um is important but like also like knowing how to like get on and off the fucking horse am i i mean excuse yeah. me for cussing but oh, like no you're good um like you like cuz like you can spend forever editing a photo but just like going through okay this is the gradient i want this is it this is done boom get it out and like but like going and shooting something for a day and like getting all your content and just like and then each day you have like once you get in the process, what I found is it's not too hard to like put that hat on and do that job. Mm-hmm. You just have to like every day. Like for me, it's just super helpful. I write everything down. Like I have a list of things that I do, and like I have like my you know my big lever moving tasks that I that I uh, kind of go to. Um, that I'm like okay, this this and this are like the three main priority things. But like there's small tasks within those that I you know that I need to complete, and just like going through and and actually 
getting those things uh getting those things done because like no but if if you don't have somebody else to do it for you then you're not going to go anywhere. and that's the only way to get uh people to uh recognize you and to start wanting to do those uh-huh. you know jobs for you is seeing that you're building something and that you're serious yep and like you can't build it if if you know like if you don't have like if you ha- if you're trying to build a house and you don't have a carpenter or an electrician but you're a plumber like uh and you don't have anybody else to help you're just going to have to learn how to be a, uh you know those other handyman and like i've been learning and do everything. it yeah and then like <laughs> when you start we start building houses uh, then you'll have the money the resources and the attention of people being like hey you know like I- i'll join in and help you out here mm-hmm. you know so anyway yeah that's how i feel about it no i think it's it is important especially like if you could take the time to learn some of those things yourself Versus like, but not fall into the trap where you end up trying to do 15 different things. Kind of like what John was talking about earlier. Like you have to be able to help yourself in certain aspects. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of the most talented musicians that I've ever met have never even touched a computer, let alone a smartphone. You know, I've, I've sat down with dudes that have played with BB King and like dudes who are like legends in my eyes, but but they're never going to like, you know, post on Instagram. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, Again, following the trends and like, you know, back whenever we didn't have TV or anything else, like you didn't like, first of all, you just didn't have the opportunity. Like if you're a normal person, you just didn't have the opportunity to get your music heard. And so like now that you do like, yeah, it's a big market, it's a lot broad and mm-hmm. like there's a lot of that's out there. But like if you're good at what you're doing and you can find your niche and you don't have to like be the most incredible singer, you don't have to be the most incredible songwriter. But if you find that little thing that makes you special and that's what Oliver Anthony did, mm-hmm. you know, he's like, OK, I can sing about, you know, the economy and, you know, the the average man and. I can do it in this real soulful, soulful kind of raw voice that's really like his voice is a little bit off key sometimes even, but like he's just, it's got this grit to it and it's just like, it's a kind of soulful, good voice and it's just like unique, you know, so he's this unique voice with this message that everyone can relate to. So he kind of like got this recipe. Makes it real. And, and it's authentic, yeah. And so... Like anybody, he's a good uh, example of like anybody can. It's just like finding yeah. what find striking gold and recognizing it, and then like getting it in a good format like that, like outside with like in nature. Or so you want to? Uh, sorry, um, you want to listen to the single? Yeah, before totally. we <laughs> yeah, I didn't we've been talking for like an hour. No, no, you guys rant, are good. No, man. we uh, this happens we, every like time I, come I, on I always the show. try to segue into it, but then I'm like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know how to do it because oh, our conversations yeah. keep on going. Because like good conversations will go forever. Totally, um, and I, I consume so many podcasts that I have so much fucking shit to say. So <laughs> oh, I watch, I watch about like you and ask him. I, I listen to podcasts like every minute of the day. So like nice. I, when he showed up, I was listening to one. So, um, so. This uh, song is Beneath the Willow by Canon Lee. Uh, this is your newest single. Um, uh, when, when did you come out with this one? Like Just like two days Last ago, right? Last Friday. Last Friday? Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, we'll play that, and then we'll kind of just go over like what you know what's in the song and like kind of went together to make it grow and stuff. Okay. So.
Beneath the Willow by Canon Lee. I got to say, man, just from what I could hear, you know, I took the headphones off for a little bit, but it sounded really good. I like the kind of tone that you have and what you bring to the song. It sounds really awesome. Appreciate it. Sorry. Um, uh, All right. So um, kind of kind of explain like where um, your your process of making that song and like and like where it all came from and Mm -hmm. kind of the story behind it. Um, that one started out as like something totally different. And I think that's important to note because I think so many people think that like, and sometimes my songs do come like full force, just like, like the I'm a record song, just like all the lyrics and the melody, or at least most of it came like right away. But like continually perfecting your songs is so important and like not being so rigid to like, an idea that you had, you know, it's like just being humble to the process of like, okay, yeah, this is something cool that I came up with, but is that like as good as it could be, you know? So it started out with just, uh, like chords and like totally different lyrics. And, um, the, the melody was there and everything, but the lyrics, I just, I changed. I had, um, I don't know. And here's the thing is like, it's, it's like I'm writing the song from somebody else's perspective. Like maybe it's from a long time ago or, Uh you know, but it's not really, it's not really me. Like, you know, like I didn't, I wasn't under the willow tree with some girl or something Uh like it wasn't, wasn't like that. Like I just, it's not your story. It's just a it's story. It's just a story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you've I think. You spoiled it for us. Like, what the hell, man? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I, I like that it's like that because it, it allows for my imagination to like wonder, like, you know, who, you know, it's, it's not that, it's not that I haven't experienced that. It's just like the willow tree part was like, just like an add in. And, and honestly, it's kind of a metaphor, you know, uh-huh. if you think about it, like beneath the willow tree, it's like, you know, we shared like a sad and like, you know, um, meaningful time together uh-huh. And the willow tree. We were beneath the willow, tree, you know, weeping willow tree. It's just like, it's kind of like a metaphor as well. So it's like, it's not that I wasn't there. It's just like in the, in that literal sense, like I wasn't, you know, but like, uh, I, I kind of like wrapped my head around that idea of like the willow tree being a metaphor, but um, you know, the lyrics are real simple and they're really nostalgic, you know, just like I remember you from way back when. Um, and it's not about like a particular person, mm-hmm. you know, it's just about like different people in my past. And, and, and I understood too, when I wrote those lyrics that like, okay, like, and here's the thing is like, it's not that I was trying to write something for people, but that in writing something for myself, I started to realize that it could be for other people and, and understanding that it, in that, in that way, like I was, I, it was enjoyable for me. It's not like I'm like trying to like do something so hard for some, somebody. It's like, it's just like, okay, well if I'm writing music so that other people will hear it, then surely they should be able to relate to what I'm, you know, doing here versus like, Oh, I'm going to write this pop song and it's going to be this structure and it's going to be uh, these 
these very vain lyrics that uh-huh. you know it's like it wasn't like that it was that i realized that you know it's it's something that people could relate to and it's enjoy and it's enjoyable for me to do that you know uh-huh. and we get a lot of reward out of doing things things for other people i mean as as you know as much it's just like it's a song and everything it's not like i'm out here trying to cure world hunger but like uh-huh. but like you know still um there's that little bit of an element to it and so we were totally um, expecting you to cure world hunger, man. Like we had these I expectations mean, of I mean, you, yeah, that, and that it is just the, didn't pull through. If I make a song that solves from it all, all of the world's problems, it, mm. hey, if people go out here and like, I get like a a billion streams on these songs, then you know maybe we can make that happen, or at least right. take it, make it, make a dent. Maybe one day, right? You yeah, be hopeful. Be yeah. be like, I want, I want, I want so much money in my life that I want to be able to give it all away. You know, like that's 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 the goal. <laughs> I mean, isn't that though? Yeah. Like in all seriousness, like um, I mean, kind of. But I think it was an interesting point that you brought up. It's really, really difficult to write things just in general for yourself, let alone songs. Like because when you think about it, how many nice things do you say about yourself very often? Because like I can sit here and tell you right. nothing but nice things about Gentry and about you, yeah, and like all the things that I love about you guys. But like it's it's really hard to write things that are personal to you. Everything that I've been writing in this book that I'm doing uh, in poetry, they're all like uh, dedicated to people that I'm never going to see again, which is kind of a crazy way to look at it. Like I have the title, and then I come up with the word, and then I come up with the idea of how I want to explain it. But all of them are not even about me or for me. It's just like things that I wish I could have said that I can't say anymore. I like that concept though. And that almost adds that definitely, I mean, I haven't heard it, but like that definitely could add to the, to the art. Well, it adds a lot. Like a lot of the people that take off really well, like uh, Bruno Mars has written so many songs. He did that one song F you and he sold it to CeeLo green. So it wasn't Mm -hmm. even CeeLo's song. He just gave it to him. Uh, because he think he thought that like man, I think this would fit your vibe more than it would fit mine, mm-hmm. and it takes a lot of character to say that to say like Definitely. man, I've got this song. I think it's going to be a banger. I don't think it's going to work out for me, but I think it could work for you. Mm-hmm. And to be able to collaborate with that, really like the people that are the most successful in the music industry are the ones who are like humble enough to collaborate with other people that they wouldn't even think about. Right, like with Rick Rubin doing that thing with Aerosmith and uh, who was it? the rap band uh run dmc run dmc they came together and did a collaboration together and it completely changed the way that everybody viewed hip-hop and Mm -hmm. rock and roll as a whole right and that doesn't really happen very often and it comes from the magic of collaborating with other people especially in like the writing process Mm -hmm. because there's not like i don't get like super in-depth i'll let you read some of it if you want to but like it's really it's something that um i found to be very personal but it was something that i wanted to say for somebody else so I think cool, like though. as a note, it's a tip that I've learned that if you can't really think of something to write for yourself, writing for other people is just so easy. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, especially like, like if you take all the knowledge from hip hop and you try to make up a country song, I met with this guy who could produce before and he's like, oh yeah, if we made a country song, I'm sure it would sound something like this. And he played it for me and it actually sounded pretty good yeah. <laughs> because well, like, you don't think about uh, like how you know, some things are going to come about. Right. And it, I think it goes, uh, without saying that as long as you're enjoying it all, cause like, you know, that's another thing that Rick, Rick Rubin talks about and that, you know, successful songwriters and just like, I mean, we should all, 
understand anyways at the root of it all is like that if you're not doing it because you're finding fulfillment in it then you're not you should it's like pointless like we only can and this is another thing that i feel like goes without saying but i say it all the time anyway because i think we need to be reminded sometimes is that we can only perceive things from our own lens like we can't like jump inside somebody else's head and like see it from their point of view so why the fuck do we care what they think anyways right that's you a good know? point yep. that's so, solid. so I who think- want to uh Sorry. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I keep on interrupting because it's like conversation. Keep on going. Do we want to yeah. do the acoustic, uh, play the acoustic, or do we want to just sure, play the recording? Okay. I can, yeah. All right. Uh, Zombies on TV by Canon Lee. So, oh, wow. Yeah. What was that? Uh, what was that? Uh, zombie. <laughs> I don't know. Why, why, why was you trying to do fucking like disturbed or something? Disturbed. Yeah. Um, no, but it's uh, it it's appropriate for halloween yeah you know? it's yep. halloween song go out there and spook some motherfuckers out yeah hell yeah happy halloween everybody happy halloween take your time or time will take it from you it's just a dime don't let it take you too Walk the line and they'll tell you just what to do Don't mind your mind cause you don't have a clue Everybody's watching zombies on TV But they don't see the reflection in the screen I hate to sound rude, cruel or mean Time or time will find you first Run or hide, you must decide which is worse Your eyes are wide, but you're riding in the back of a hearse Zombified by everything dispersed Everybody's watching zombies on TV They don't see the reflection in the screen I hate to sound rude, cruel or mean But we're our own worst enemy Yeah, we're our own worst enemy Everybody searching for the next big thing They don't see what's right in front of them We're all guilty of the same damn thing But we have to love through thick and thin Yeah, we have to learn to love
awesome. Uh, all right. That's terrible, man. It's just awful. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of terrible. It's, I mean, no, it, it's man, grungy. It like it's it. grungy, it which cool. is uh, which is the best acoustics. The reason yes. why the reason why we like to do um, acoustics on the show is because you can take a song. But whenever you take a song and you take it down right down to the bare bones and all the way down to an acoustic guitar, you really get the real sound of it. Yeah. And uh, and you can you can do all the little tricks and everything, but honestly, there's there's sure power in just playing acoustic music. So, mm-hmm. um, as for the local earshot podcast, uh, we are a value for value podcast. What that means is that we work on three tenants: that is time, talent, and treasure. I value everybody's time for listening. I know that there's a million podcasts out there, and you know there's a ton of more other music podcasts coming out. We are one of the very few uh, across even the whole U.S. that does local music, um, and and I'm currently connecting with a lot of different ones that do local music, um, and just trying to get on their shows too, so I can talk to them about their their um, areas and like what's going on inside their scenes and stuff because I think that collectively uh, it's it's an uphill battle for, for local artists to be able to get to where they need to be and to get the help that they need to actually grow and become um, famous and everything. And so I'm hoping that, you know, the local earshot is continually serving to do that for everyone. Um, as for the second um, T is talent. If you're an artist and you want to be on the show, then um, you can reach out to me at john at the local com, or you can reach out to on me on all social medias, uh, Facebook, Instagram, um, and then I'm actually getting all my other socials up to get together about to start launching the um, the, tic- or the TikTok um, channel, which is going to be basically just promoting music in a different way. Um, I'm going to have artists submit their music, and then I'm going to uh, make little videos for them so then they can actually put that on there to get some more um, ears on all their music. Um, and then the third T is treasure. So if you value what uh, what we do here and you want to help support the show, you can go over to the local com and there will be a tab that says donate. If you click on that, I take crypto, I take cash app, I take Venmo, I take all forms that turn into money. Um, and all that money goes right back into the show. Uh, currently investing in cameras and working on all of this video stuff and trying to figure this out. So, um, collectively, I think I've already spent about a thousand dollars on all this. So, um, I kind of want to get back my investment. So hopefully, um, some people see that it's valuable enough to actually invest. Um, if not, then, I mean, at some point, um, as I've said inside the past, that, that I'm going to have to start doing advertising and, and part, you know, sponsorships and things like that. Um, I don't, I'm not big on doing ads, uh, but I mean, if that means that that's going to be able to make it where I can keep on doing this to help the local scene and local artists, then I'm going to do what I have to do. So uh, thank you for listening and um, thank you. Um, Cannon for being on the show. Uh, is there any uh, shout outs you want to do? Uh, thanks for having me, man. And I really love what you guys are doing. This is really cool. Thanks. Um, uh, shout outs. Um, let's see. I mean, that song just came out. Um, you can follow me under Cannon Lee Can- or Cannon Lee Simmons on whatever platform you'd like. Um, I'm releasing another song coming out really soon. I just tracked it yesterday with the band. Awesome. It's called I'm on a roll and we're going to, we've got a really exciting idea for the video. And so like, I just, I'm just going to say it's going to be a little bit wild, a little, maybe a, a little bit dangerous even. Um, but it's just an idea that I had that like really works well with the name, the theme of the song. So, mm-hmm. uh, if you follow me on social media, TikTok, 
Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. OnlyFans. Uh, OnlyFans, um, if you want the explicit <laughs> content. <laughs> uh, that'll be, yeah, uh, that'll be me playing the guitar um, with only the guitar. It's only the guitar. Only the guitar. Yeah. yeah. No yeah. clothes. There, there's a whole. No, any other band, man. There's a whole thing right there. <laughs> we could do, we've got an idea here. This could work. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know. If my, my buddy has a picture of him uh, at, that he did during a photo shoot that he's literally butt naked and all he has in front of him is his guitar. So but there you go. Hey, in all seriousness, like I'm trying not to sell out and do all that. So like support me so that I, I can uh, I keep can on the making music, music instead of selling out instead on OnlyFans. Instead of playing the skin flute or whatever, you know. <laughs> That's what we need you on, John. We need you doing the skin flute on, on OnlyFans. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, see That's the, the majest- content people want, The majestic want, beard he's got. He's got a good head of hair and everything. And if you, uh. keep, on, and if you keep on wanting to hear Wilson on the show... Um, you know, uh, which we know that you don't, it's okay. which I mean, you know, I'm not heartbroken about it. It's fine. Yeah. I fired him once. So I'll fire him again. Um, yeah, it's, no. it, it, it sounds like you really have your head wrapped around a lot of this stuff. I really appreciate you doing inside <laughs> on some of this stuff in all seriousness, aside from the skin flute part, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's the only part I care about, but uh, okay. Jesus. All right. Well, uh, thank you all for listening, and uh, happy Halloween. And right after this, I'll be rolling a playlist that is all Halloween songs, all submitted by people in Oklahoma that are all locals. And uh, they're all Halloween um, songs that are themed that way. So uh, happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.